is this thing still on? It's been a while. This show's been on hiatus for a couple of months. I told you that Doug and I were going to put something together, the likes of which you had not ever seen before, and I still plan to do that. But it's not going to happen in the immediate future because I've got bigger things on my plate right now. So what I wanted to do was, well, something. And uh, Doug and I started talking, and he said, hey, um... Hey, remember the Deeper Thought podcast you did a couple of years ago? Doug and I decided that we could go through some of those episodes. Over the next several weeks, several months, you're going to get access to what you previously weren't able to. Hopefully, this little provocation will help you sell something that you haven't sold before. And uh, stay tuned for these episodes as they drop week over week. I think you're going to take something away from them. I know you're going to be entertained by them. And uh, I just, I can't wait to talk to you again real soon. My name's Jeff Bajoric, and my career in sales has been a hell of a ride. And I want to bring you along with me. If you prefer to sell things at a premium, if you never want to win a deal on price, rethink the way you sell. Welcome back to the show. My name's Jeff Bajoric. I'm your host, and I'm here to help you rethink the way you sell. Today, I'm going to share my origin story. And, you know, this is something I've been asked, probably a third of the podcasts that I've been a guest on have asked me, well, tell us how you got started in sales. And I thought that this was something that was boring. I thought it was a story that I have told before. Look, it hasn't really changed. That was a long time ago, right? There's not a whole lot that I can go to, you know, go back and do over. So I would have considered this to be kind of old news. But, you know, it turns out not everybody listens to every podcast. Duh. And also it's something that people keep coming back to because I think there's some interest there. There's some intrigue there. There is um, a lot to be said about where you come from and what that means going forward. So I want to get into this today for myself. And what you're going to hear with most of the interviews going forward is a similar format. It's something I use to get the conversation started, and then we take it from there. And I'm so proud of the work that I've put together for this show. I'm really excited to share these interviews with you. And uh, as the season progresses, you're going to hear more and more nuance for what it means to rethink the way you sell and certainly what it means to sell like you. So I got into sales reluctantly. And, you know, there weren't a lot of salespeople in my family. Salespeople weren't very highly thought of. And so when I put in my notice at the hospital uh, after I got out of college, um, I put my notice in that I was leaving. And, you know, the, there was a woman who sat next to me. Um, her name was Rose Snyder. And I'm forever grateful to her for suggesting that I get a job in sales. She says, what are you going to do? I said, well, I don't know. I'll go find another job. I just know that I need to leave this one. And it's not worth taking the time here to get into this, but I gave two and a half months notice instead of two weeks notice because I had some uh, responsibilities to fulfill with my new gig. I had to uh, present a letter of resignation so they could hire for my replacement in the fall when I left, but um, I was I had no reason to leave right away, which meant I had no reason to go find a new job right away. And she suggested I get into sales, and I said, no, I don't. I don't think so. I, I don't, you know, I know we've been working together for the last couple of years, but come on, really, Rose? And she said, look, what else are you going to do? What do you have to lose? I got to the interview. It's a product we use here. It's a product we believe in. It's a great brand. You'll be great at it. I told this guy you'd be great at it. Would you just dust off your resume and send him a copy? How do you argue with that? Right? So I took the interview and throughout the process, we moved very, very slowly. It was a weekday in August. I remember I got an e or not an email. I, I got a phone call and it was a job offer. 
And I talked to my hiring manager at the time and I said, Ken, that was his name. I said, Ken, I don't know why you're offering me this job, right? Here was this, this position that I had pursued. I was interested in it. I was intrigued by it, but let's, I don't know. Are you sure you want to hire me? You want to take a risk on me? And I said, I don't know anything about selling. I don't know anything about business. I just know what I've been trained to do. And Ken said, he said, you're exactly right. But let me tell you something. I know this about you. You're a good person. You're a hard worker. You speak the language. And I talked to all of the physicians that you're working with right now who would be your customers if you took this job. And they all told me to hire you. I can teach you the rest. So, well, wow. Okay. When you put it that way. Okay. And so on we went. And, you know, I've never told this to Ken. Um, if he's listening right now, he's hearing this for the first time. Um, but I said to myself, look, if I hate this after a year, I know I'm good at what I do. I'll go back and work in the hospital. I'll go back and working in outpatient physical therapy and athletic medicine. I'm good at that. I, I have fun with it. And that's what I went to school to do. And so I tried it. I stepped out. I took the risk. And um, it didn't work out the way that I thought it would. That first year was really tough. And I remember talking to Ken with terribly unreasonable uh, expectations. And sitting down at a meeting with him, he said, Jeff, how are you doing? How are things going? I was about six months into my, my position. And I said, I am struggling. I don't know why I can't get this. I'm really frustrated. And he says, Jeff, it's only been six months. I said, yeah, it's been six months. Why don't I have a better handle on this? And he said, okay, how long did it take you to get your degree? I said, four years. He said, okay. Um, and then you got out into the workplace and then how much more did you learn? I said, oh, I mean, I learned something new every day. And, you know, being in it uh, three years plus after that, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's always more to learn. He said, okay, how well would you say you have it mastered? I said, oh, I, I don't know that I'm a master yet. He says, exactly. Seven years in your chosen field, putting all that effort into it, and you're not mastering it. Um, you're in sales six months, and you think you're supposed to have it knocked? And at that point, I felt a little ashamed. I felt like I may have um, offended him, although he wasn't offended. Um, but that was exactly the point. I realized what I was saying out loud, this is not something you can master right away. So get your expectations in check. It was a very important lesson, and it's one I wanted to make sure that I added to this story. But we continued to press on. I left that meeting energized. I was ready to go back out and get it, and then get hit in the face again with just frustration. And I told myself if I didn't, if I if I made it a year and I didn't like it, I would go back and I would do something else. And I came close. It was ten and a half, eleven months, and I was really frustrated. I just didn't see a light at the end of the tunnel. I wasn't able to get the mentorship that I thought I was going to get. It was nobody's fault. Situations were what they were. And um, there's some things that are just out of your control that happened. And this was 18 years ago, right? And someone joined our organization. And I'm not allowed to mention his name because it's a running joke that he and I have. But he who shall not be named joined our organization. And because he had experience but didn't have access to customers... Um, he was looking for access to customers. He came in from out of town, brought a new product line with him. And I had access to customers, but really didn't know how to sell. And between he and I, that looked like a winning com uh, combination. 
So we spent a lot of time working together. We did the co-travel. We did the co-selling. We did the, the, we made the calls. We did plan the follow-up. We drank coffee before we went out for, to sell for the day and we drank beers after we were done selling for the day. We got ready. We broke down. He was a real mentor for me. And it wasn't until I understood what selling was all about that I really started to take to it. And it was at that time when I realized, uh, probably six months after we started working together, I realized a couple of things. One, that I could be pretty good at this. And two, that I wanted to help other people be pretty good at this too. And I didn't know what that meant. I thought maybe I'd teach at a university. I thought maybe I could, you know, put some kind of a course together. I, I don't know. Never saw myself doing what I'm doing right now. But once I got the hang of it, once it was broken down to me, these are the things that need to happen. Here's how you go do them, Jeff. That's when the light bulb really went on over my head. So he and I continued to work together a couple of years later, within a few months of one another, um, we both left that organization. I went in another direction, got a, the, the right call from the right recruiter on the right day about the right job, and I got a fresh start. And I really believe in the power of fresh starts. And this was the most poignant part of it for me. When I got this new gig... And I don't recall what it was, but I remember where I was sitting when I had this revelation. I don't know what led to it exactly, but I had this recognition that I had been suppressing a lot of my own intuition for the past couple of years. I did a lot of self-study. I combined that self-study and the books that I read and the people that I looked up to. There, there really weren't podcasts at the time. Um, LinkedIn was barely even a thing. Like, so all the stuff, all the resources that you get today, I was getting, you know, audio CDs and tapes sent to me from Nightingale Conant, right? I was going on a website, sending away for these things. The programs would come back. You had 30 days to listen to them, and then you could send them back or you could keep them. And that was how I did my own kind of self-education and edification. It was Dashboard University. And I remember hearing a lot of things on those CDs. I remember reading a lot of things in those books and thinking, that makes a whole lot of sense. But I don't think that'll work. This really feels valid to me. This feels important. This feels like the way to do it, but ah, nah. And I took that intuition and suppressed it, stuffed it down, pushed it aside, whatever it was. And when I got this fresh start, I realized that now was the time to put that stuff into play. Because when you get a fresh start, you, you get an opportunity to wipe the slate clean. You don't have any habits to unlearn. This is your opportunity. And I got that fresh start once when I moved schools between the sixth and seventh grade, and it worked wonders for me then. I saw this really as an analogy to the same extent, and it worked wonders for me. It was amazing. And so I decided, look, I either need to do this the way I really feel it needs to be done, or maybe selling's not for me. So what does it mean to sell like you? Well, in short, it means more pipeline. It means bigger deals that close faster and more often. It means more customer loyalty, so there's less churn. And it means a culture on your team where winning is expected and everyone's having fun. Now, if this sounds like something your team needs, go to jeffbajorek.com forward slash services and find out how I use this approach to help teams like yours create world-class results. Now, back to the show.
thought I could be good at this because I'm good at stuff. And then when I wasn't in the first year or so, I was really frustrated. When I finally got the guidance that I was looking for, I saw the potential that I could reach. I saw the ability to make these connections and figure out how things worked. And you know, my brain works very much in that way. And so I said, okay, now I know I can be good at this. And I was seeing results. And then when I realized that that just wasn't the right fit for me anymore, there were just too many things outside of my control, too many things to balance, too many things to manage in that particular role. Um, I found another one where things were streamlined a little bit. And I said, all right, this is it or I'm out of here. Turns out this was it. As soon as I started to make the changes to my routine, as soon as I started to focus on the things that I knew were important versus the running around busy, you know, kind of busy work that I was doing, uh, my results took off. Um, in the 18 months that followed, my first 18 months at this, uh, at this uh, company, I took a flat territory that had been mature and um, was producing at a very consistent level for the prior few years. I took that territory and tripled the revenue in 18 months during the last real economic downturn that we saw. This was middle of 2008 through 2009. And I didn't realize it at the time. Of course, I didn't realize how profound that was going to be. Um, but once I trusted myself, once I paid attention to that intuition, once I paid attention to that feeling in my gut, to that voice in the back of my head, once I started Trusting it enough to act on it, great things happen. I won Rookie of the Year. I went to President's Club. I went to President's Club the next year. I was in the running every year for Rep of the Year. There were three or four of us who kind of passed the award around um, for several years. And it's funny, actually, there was one time, it was the year before I won it, they were announcing the winner at the national sales meeting. And just as they got to announce the winner, my butt was halfway out of my seat when they called my friend's name. I mean, it was that close. We had all put together such great performances, but I was operating at another level. All because I made the decision to trust myself, to trust my instincts. You never sell better than when you sell like you. And that's what I was doing. And as things went from there, you know, a couple more years passed by. It was the best job I ever had. It became clear that this was no longer going to be the best job I could ever have. Um, I moved on and I started this business. So that's kind of how I got from where I started in sales 18 some years ago and to where I am right now. That's my origin story, if you will. But I want you to pay attention to two things. The first was that Jeff... You don't need to know a bunch of things about business. You don't need to know a bunch of things about sales. You're a good person. You're a hard worker. You speak the language. And the people you work with believe in you so that when they're your customers, they will buy from you. They all told me to hire you. That made me look at what it took to be a salesperson from a different angle. That's a, that a big deal. Changed my eye level in a big way. The, the one in the middle there... We call it, you know, point one B, if you will, of, hey, don't think you can just get this in six months. That's not how it works. There's more to it than that. That was a really important reminder. But that second main part here, that part where I made a conscious decision. If I couldn't do it the way that felt right, then it wasn't worth doing. That's integrity. 
and not integrity from a morality standpoint, but that's the integrity of following and making sure that you're aligned. You've heard me talk about this already. You're going to hear me talk about this uh, over the next couple of episodes. My next interview with Ian Koniak goes there. We explore this concept together. It's not a typical format for interviews for me for this show. And I'm going to go into integrity on its own just in another solo episode here in another couple of weeks that you'll hear. But understanding that if you don't have alignment between what you do, who you do it for, how you do it, and why, you will not operate at your best. You will not do your best work. You will be, by definition, mediocre. You didn't come here to be mediocre. Don't do that. Trust yourself. For all the work that we spend as salespeople trying to become more trustworthy to our uh, prospects, to our customers, uh, to our colleagues, the most important people who need to trust us is us. The more you can trust yourself, the more you can bet on yourself, the more you can do your very best work. So thank you for indulging me during story time here. Um, I think you're going to take a lot away from the interviews I have about this stuff with the guests coming up. Thank you so much uh, for being here. There are a lot of choices. I'm having a blast putting this show together and just thinking out loud for you, for myself uh, in front of this microphone. And I hope you're enjoying it. If you really love it, share this with someone who needs to hear it. I appreciate you. And I'll talk to you again really soon. Rethink the Way You Sell is a Pot About It production. It's mixed and edited by Doug Branson, with music by Blue Dot Sessions and Doug Branson. This podcast is masterminded by Jeff Bajorek.